Did you know Super Awesome Mix has an app? Go to the Apple App Store today and download Super Awesome Mix. It's free. You could start creating and sending your own digital mixtapes in just a few clicks. Also, there's links to our Instagram account and a link where you can follow your favorite podcast. Speaking of which... Welcome back to another Super Awesome Mix. My name is Matt Sidholm alongside my co-host and co-founder of Super Awesome Mix, Samer Abu Salvi. Samer, how are we doing this week? Doing well. I'm a little bit under the weather. I apologize to the listeners. I'm going to be bringing my nasally voice to the mix this week. But, um, you know, it's springtime. That's what happens in the spring, I feel like. I always get sick in the spring. <laughs> You're right. That is what happens in the spring. It seems like if if someone's going to be sick, it's going to be now. I feel feel like something's going around. I even heard somebody had COVID the other day, which I was like, oh, how quaint. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) That was what, like 30 years ago, right? That's what it It was at least 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But um, you know what? You know, I got excited, though, as always, because... we're in season two, which means we get to do volume two of mixes. And I feel like we really knocked this one out of the park. I got to say, like, I, I was interested to see your picks. Um, of course, what I'm talking about is we are doing acoustic covers, a mega mix. So we've got 24 songs here. You'll find it on the playlist. We picked the original and then, or excuse me, we picked a acoustic version. And then you'll hear the original and we discuss which one we like more. And yeah, I thought the picks were great. Um, I was really excited to play this like this mix over and over again. I, I've enjoyed a lot of these. Yeah, it's always fun. And we also got a mix of art, some artists doing their own songs, like in an acoustic version. And then sometimes it's artists doing um, somebody else's song in an acoustic version of it. So it's really kind of a kind of a cool mix up there uh, as far as you know who is doing the uh, the alternate version of these songs but yeah it's always kind of cool when someone takes a song that you know most of these songs I think you're probably going to recognize right off the bat uh, they're they're fairly popular songs but I also love it on the acoustic versions when it starts and you don't even necessarily recognize it right off the bat Totally. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of those here where I was like, wait, what song is this? And then I was like, <laughs> right, I know this. Um, all right. With that, I think this first one was pretty obvious right off the bat for me to uh, to pick up, but still great. You went with Just a Girl, the acoustic version by No Doubt, and then, of course, the real version by No Doubt. Yeah, this was No Doubt's breakthrough hit. So I'm sure everyone has heard this. And even if you're not a fan of the band, you've probably heard it on the radio a million times. I mean, it's just one of those super popular songs, right? But I love that they did an acoustic version of it. Um, I think it it sounds, you know, I mean, you're going to recognize it. So it's not like they did something drastically different on the acoustic version. I do think you get to hear Gwen Stefani's voice a little bit more on the acoustic one. And she really has a great voice. (laughs) And I think when No Doubt was big, and even when she did her solo work, I think a lot of it is like energy and she's got a look and, and all the other things, right? Like she's just got this personality. And now that she's on The Voice, a lot of people just know her as 
this personality, right? But I think right. the acoustic version does such a great job of her showcasing her voice and how great a voice she has. So that's that's why I really appreciated it. Yeah, I think in particular for those songs where it's an acoustic cover by the artists themselves, that really stood out to me. It's like you get to hear someone's voice for the first time, like without all the studio uh, accoutrement, if you will. And so it's really, it's really interesting to hear that come through. You're like, wow, you you are really talented, you know? I mean, and all of these people are super talented. I'm not taking anything away from from pop music, but um, to just sing without any aid, like I, I always say this, I can't do that. Like I can't even <laughs> sing with the aid probably. It's going to sound terrible both ways. So <laughs> well, I'm always and, very impressed. And that's a great point though, because she came about in an era where there was a lot of that, you know, like mm-hmm. where artists were just starting to use a lot of the auto tune and things like that. And, you know, we're augmenting the sound of their voice. And so it's cool here that it's like, oh, wait, she really, she really can't sing, you know? Absolutely. Um, I also laugh revisiting this one because the song is about, you know, obviously it's kind of an anthem for, for women and women's rights. And, you know, she's just saying, well, I'm just a girl, you know, I can't do anything kind of thing. And um, I laughed at, you know, the comment you always make with, it's just like, well, thank God we solved that. (laughs) You're right. Put the... (laughs) Move that into the solved bucket yeah, just, along along with everything else. No yeah. issues, okay? <laughs> Women, you're welcome. All right? Yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> solved drugs. We solved <laughs> just, biases. Just one thing after another. Of, we just keep yeah. solving. These songs come out years and years before. Then we solve the problem and society yeah. moves on. Yeah. It's so wonderful. That's how it all works. Life is great. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, speaking of moving on, your first pick, and I, I love this one. Um, you picked Freak on a Leash. The acoustic version is Corn with a little help from Amy Lee of Evanescence. And then, of course, the original by Corn. Yeah, this one really surprised me. Um, and I wanted to, I had to put it at the top of my mix because I am just shocked at his voice because, you know, Corn is like a screaming new metal ish band, right? Like around the same time as System of a Down and a bunch of these other bands like coming out. Um, really, really heavy, heavy rock sound. And then to hear him, this was on MTV Studio, um, similar to kind of an unplugged setup. It was uh, just amazing. And then to be helped by Amy Lee from Evanescence, who has just a gorgeous voice. I mean, her voice is is just absolutely stunning um, in all of her songs that she's ever like worked on. So the combination of the two is great. And like the piano play is like just so gorgeous in the song. Like, I just cannot believe it. Like you listen to it and you're like, this is actually like a beautiful song. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then you listen to the original and you're like, oh man, this song like rocks so hard. And like the the subject matter, you know, is like uh, is, even in the title freak on a leash is like such an evocative statement. Um, you know, he's thinking about how he feels about himself being like a band touring and being part of the music industry complex and how he feels that they basically just put him on a leash and like tour him around as as if he's like a freak on a leash. Um, similar to like circuses way back in the day, that type of, you know, setting. So, yeah, I thought that was like really interesting to hear it as such a softer uh, take on it with, you know, such an interesting, heavy <laughs> subject matter. But um, I, yeah, I, I've listened to this one over and over again of all the songs on the mix. I totally agree. This was actually my favorite of the ones that you picked. Um, just because it was so different and it was so unexpected 
it almost sounded like something from like a musical, like with the way the piano right. intro comes in. And then you have the male voice and the female voice contrasting. I was like, this is, I was so impressed. And I think I did not think I would be that impressed with a, you know, corn remake of a song that I, you know, have listened to, I don't know how many times before the original version. Yeah, exactly. That was my reaction too. I was like, I clicked on it almost just expecting to be like, there's no way I'm putting this on the mix. (laughs) Like, how how could this work out as an acoustic song? Like, there's no way, but it really works so well. Um, so I hope, listeners, you enjoy just as much as we did. Um, track three, your next pick, you went with Walk On, uh, parentheses Ukraine, on the new Songs of Surrender remake um, that's coming out. And then, of course, the original Walk On by U2. Yeah, so this is from their 2000 album, All That You Can't Leave Behind, which... I think it was probably their biggest, they had had a string of albums between like the early 90s and 2000 that had just done okay. And they were way into kind of the, uh, they got really into kind of electronica and like kind of Euro pop, I think for a while there. And it just wasn't as globally popular. And then this album came out and it was, it was super popular. Um, and and I really like this album. I, that this is you know almost a no skip album for me. But I love this original song "Walk On," and the songs of Surrender album I just highlighted on our new music mix. But it's definitely worth checking out if you're a U2 fan. But this one is is really good because again, you know, we talk about vocals. You get to hear Bono's voice like really clearly, and not that you can't tell what kind of incredible vocalist he is from just their original work, but. This highlight, highlights it that much more. And then they rework the lyrics a little bit here as, you know, kind of a tribute to Ukraine and, and everything going on there. So um, this song, I, I've always loved this song. And so hearing it in this version, I, I kind of knew I was going to like, it. you know, you were unsure about Freak on a Leash. Like this was one that I was like, I know I'm going to love this one. And, uh, you know, has still YouTube still taking on a lot of political issues as they've done throughout their career. Yeah, that was the, you know, you mentioned the lyrics being reworked. That was the thing that immediately caught my uh, attention was like, oh, interesting. It's not, you know, we talked about this whenever we mentioned it on the new music. It's not just let me take my old songs and just do it without, you know, a studio uh, behind it. It really is kind of like a reimagining of all of these with an acoustic flair to it. So I thought that was really interesting. And I, I really do like that it's reworked and your point yeah bono has always been very very like involved in in politics and and environmental issues and everything he's used his you know his personality as as a platform so it's uh it's impressive he's still doing it all these years later it's awesome i i liked these two songs i like the acoustic one a lot more um maybe just because it's you know more updated or something but you're right i just think it's like especially on the subject matter, it just feels a little bit more genuine in a way. Um, it just comes across a little bit stronger because it doesn't have all of the production value behind it. Well, and it almost strikes me as a song that maybe should have been sort of an acoustic one from the beginning, right? It almost makes more sense as an acoustic song than it does as something overly produced. You know, we talked about this yeah. on the intro to Springsteen, how he had that Nebraska album where, it turned out that the demos he created ended up being the final album and all the reworking. It was like, this just doesn't make sense. Right. And, and walk on the album versions, not that far from an acoustic version. Right. But I think it just definitely works better this way. Yeah, I agree. 
All right. So this next one kind of threw me for a curve. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this one. Okay. But the song is Limbo by Royal Blood, and they do both the uh, acoustic or orchestral version, as it's listed, and the original. Yeah, I'm, I cheated. That's that's all I can well, say. Well, there you go. <laughs> then that, okay, because I wrote down, did Samer understand the assignment? It was my first question. And, I sure um, did. I'm glad you just said, well, I cheated. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I Carry understood on. it. Carry and on. And I chose to do it my own way. Um <laughs> If you're a teacher, you know exactly the type of student I was, because um, <laughs> I can defend just almost anything. I always hated multiple choice tests because I couldn't like argue my way into an answer. <laughs> I, I loved essay tests, though, because I could always argue my way into you an answer. You could take that one, yeah, you could take that one back to the office and be like, hold on a minute, look at paragraph right. two. I make a yeah. pretty good argument. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so, you know, I really, I kind of wanted to throw an orchestral version of a rock song. So all my picks are rock songs. Um, and I just, I have always loved when bands, you know, like put an orchestra behind them instead of, instead of like a, um, a full like studio metal set and everything like that. So this is cheating. Yes. But I just think it's so cool to have kind of the strings come in. And they work so well in the song. I love the song. I love Royal Blood. Limbo has been a song I've had on repeat for many years now since it came out. Um, and yeah, I just think like having, you know, listening to like a rock song without all of the uh, traditional rock elements being, you know, and instead being replaced with an orchestra is just, it adds like a, just another layer of complexity. Metallica did this many, many years ago too at a live concert. And it is gorgeous. Like some of the songs are so beautiful. So if you ever want to like rediscover some some rock bands and understand um, truly how like rock and classical music actually go very well together, I wanted to put this on your radar and, and help you like go digging around because you'll find some good stuff. But um, yeah, I was curious what what your thoughts are, other than noting that I in fact you know cheated on the assignment. Yeah, you definitely cheated. That was one note. I also thought their orchestral version almost strayed into kind of a disco sound, and so I was like. I think Sam are meant to put this on the disco mix and not on this mix. <laughs> and I know you told me you've been sick lately. So I was like, maybe he's just confused. I'm not going to argue with him. Um, but I really liked it. I actually ended up liking, I wasn't familiar with this song. I ended up liking the orchestral version, maybe a little more just because of the, you know, it's interesting. Normally the acoustic version is going to be a little bit lower energy, but, but they managed mm-hmm. to derive a little bit more energy out of the, uh, um, orchestral one, but yeah, I, I thought it was good. I'm with you on the, you know, bringing in the full orchestra and just kind of, you know, letting the instruments kind of play uh, a little bit more there. I think that's, I think that's a lot of fun when musicians and bands do that. I agree. Yeah. I, th- I think especially with like rock music, the reason I like it so much is because you go from having like rock is so high energy and I feel like this is one of those things where if you just throw literally an orchestra, like a hundred more people on top of it that are all adding to that sound, it's just going to create more energy. So I really enjoyed it. Thank you for letting me cheat on that one. We can blame it on my sickness. <laughs> yeah, it's it like was just the sickness point. talking. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right, track five um, was a song that I didn't immediately recognize. This is one of those until it kicked in. I was like, oh, of course I know this one. And it is Be My Baby by Lowland Hum doing the cover and of course the original by the Ronettes. Yeah. So this is a song from 1963. The Ronettes um, was just, 
I don't know. I think it's just kind of a classic. I, I love the sound of their voices and the tempo and, and just everything about the original. I think it's just such a fun song and, and just a sweet love song. And Lowland Hum, who I was not familiar with, but they're a folk duo out of Virginia. They kind of rework it and they've got a male and a female voice uh, as part of their group. And I, I think they do a really good job of it in that, you know, there's different instrumentation. Obviously, they've got two very different voices here instead of kind of the harmonization that you get on the original. And um, I just think it's really it, it's really well done. I mean, the song itself is really good. And we, we've talked about this a lot where it's like, does, does it matter if you have a great song? Does it matter who's singing it? Right. <laughs> that type of thing. Right. But, I think these two do a good job of it and really create something new and different, which I really appreciate. We obviously need Corn and Amy Lee to cover the song and we'll find out. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, yeah, no, this is like, uh, it, I agree. Their cover is really beautiful. It's really interesting having the two voices there. Um, it's an amazing song. Uh, in fact, Rolling Stone put this as 22nd on best song of all time. So that's impressive. I would probably put it in my top 500 too. I don't know where yet. Mm, but Yeah, you're still working you know, that your... list. But yeah, yeah, this would definitely get in. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, this would for sure get in. <laughs> all right, track six, your next pick. You went with Ramble On, the cover by Train, and the original, of course, by Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I had no idea that Train did a cover of this song. Um, you know, in my search for like acoustic covers of, of rock songs, this came up and I was very curious. I, you know, clicked on it to, to press play and I was like, oh, this is so good because it is it's very true to the original. Like there's there's nothing, you know, he's not going too far off um, here with the sound of the of the original song. But then it's, you know, their vocals like and it's just so fun to listen to Train's voice um doing a Led Zeppelin song <laughs> because it's it's kind of like I found my brain feeling a little scrambled because I'm so used to like drops of Jupiter you know like that's like the train <laughs> yeah, song yeah. In, <laughs> in my head all the time so hearing um you know Robert Plant's words come out is is very confusing but I liked it I really liked it and of course Ramble On by Led Zeppelin is just it you know an incredible song I could probably pick every single one of my Every single one of their songs is a favorite song of mine. So this is on that list for sure. Yeah, I love this Led Zeppelin song and so much energy. I, I didn't realize the lyrics were inspired by Lord of the Rings. I don't know if you knew that, but I, I was like just getting hints of it. And I was like, wait a minute, this sounds familiar. Um, so I thought that was funny. But yeah, I would not have expected Train to do a remake of of Led Zeppelin. But I'm kind of with you. It was a real pleasant surprise. I was like, this is actually, I kind of did the eye roll. Like, what is what is Train going to do with this song? And then as it went on, I was like, you know what? They're doing a really good job with this. And you're not going to necessarily match the energy of Robert Plant's voice in the original, right? But right. because it's a little stripped down, you don't necessarily have to hit that same height, right? Like, you just kind of have to hit a, a, a slightly lower height there. And, and it still rings true. But yeah, I thought I, I was like, again, like I said, pleasantly surprised by this one that I was like, you know what? They did a really good job. That's awesome. Yeah. And I also didn't know that this was about Lord of the Rings. I had always heard those lines in there. Um, but I was like, I must be mishearing that. And I was like, nope. Turns out Robert Plant <laughs> is like a huge fan of Tolkien. 
And so <laughs> he wrote this um, inspired by yeah, that. He's a huge dork. And so <laughs> <laughs> That's there's your rock god we for just, you. Okay. We just lost all of our Lord of the Rings fans. <laughs> and maybe a few Led Zeppelin fans too. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. We'll 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 get the PR team on it. We'll fix that. It's all right. All right. Uh, your next pick um, was one that surprised me. I really liked this one. So it's Blinding Lights, originally, of course, by The Weeknd. And the cover is Nick Frandiani. Yeah. So Blinding Lights, I think, is such a cool throwback to the 80s. Right. And the weekend does a really good job of this with like the synth pop kind of feel to his songs and his voice sounds like a younger Michael Jackson. And uh, this is just a great pop song and it's so wildly popular. And this was one that at first when the acoustic version starts, I'm not even sure what I'm listening to. And then the vocals kick in and it's like, well, wait a minute. Is this is this what I think it is? And, and sure enough, it's an acoustic version of Blinding Lights. Nick Fratigani won American Idol in 2015, which I had no idea, okay, to be perfectly honest with the listeners. I I think I last watched American Idol in like 2010. Um, it is still on, and uh, I got to give him credit here. I mean, he does a really good job um, with with the guitar work, like to make it kind of unique, and uh, just, you know, he's he's a good vocalist. And so, um, yeah, I, I'd say overall thumbs up on this one. Another kind of pleasant surprise as you run into an acoustic version of, of a song. I uh, I did not know that he was an American Idol winner either. Um, I also recently learned that that show is still on. So that's amazing. <laughs> um, incredible. <laughs> I think last time, wasn't Kelly Clarkson a winner? She was the first show? winner. She was the first was the winner first on one, American yeah. Idol. Carrie Underwood was also on there. I mean, so they produced some... Massive stars. Some really big names. That's yeah. true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's great. Um, learn something new every day, even on the recordings. The uh, This version, though, you're right. Like the cover, it almost sounds like a country song. Like I just am like so impressed by that of turning. Like I would never have imagined The weekend having a song that could be made to sound almost like a country folksy song like that. Um, you know, of course, keeping the lyrics exactly the same. So I loved that. I thought it was really great. So this was definitely a surprise for me, and I, I really enjoyed it. All right, your next pick. It is 1979, the acoustic version and the original version by Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, I, I mean, I love Smashing Pumpkins. They have a new album out, so I've been kind of digging into a lot of their older stuff as well. Again, um, A Tomb is their new album. And... I think the, you know, like these two songs, again, it's obviously it's the same band, uh, same song, um, but they're very different, I think. Like the acoustic version sounds so much more sad, <laughs> you know, for lack of a better word. Um, Smashing Pumpkins, you know, were made famous really of just being this melancholic, like angsty, like band. Um, and in fact, you know, this album is literally called like Melancholy, uh, spelled out like melon and collie, which I think is great. And the infinite sadness. So, um, you know, that was like their whole thing. So hearing like an acoustic version, having it all stripped down, uh, again, gives a lot of power to Billy Corgan's voice. Like he's got such a unique voice. Um, I think that that comes through so strong here and it really like adds a power to the words. Um, having said that, like, it's hard for me to pick between these two because I do think the original has like such an iconic sound to it. I think it's a song that many people are familiar with. Um, and just has this like 
great little catchy backbeat that gets like hooked in your mind, like just from the opening um, note. So to listen to it without that and just have to rely on the lyrics in his voice, but still have it come through, I think is really impressive. Yeah. And I think it's his voice that makes the difference when you talked about it's sounding a little sadder than the original. I, I think it's his voice. That's what, that's what he kind of brings to it. And I don't think, I don't say that like it's a bad thing. But I do think it's just more uh, evocative when it's kind of stripped down. This felt like, it, I almost feel like this was the version that the rest of the band heard when Billy Corgan came in one day and was like, hey guys, I got a new song I want to play for you. <laughs> just right. started playing this and, and I feel like that's what they heard. So I, I thought that was really cool because I, I just kind of had that in my head that it's like you're kind of listening to the original version of the song. And then, you know, you get the produced version on the album, which is also great. It was a super popular song, but I, I kind of favored the uh, the acoustic version here just because um, I feel like that's maybe how it was originally conceived. I like that. That's a really cool way to think about that. All right. Track number nine. Um, you went with Dreams, originally, of course, by Fleetwood Mac and the cover by Chloe Moriando. Yeah. Chloe Moriando is only 20 years old. Uh, apparently she's a YouTuber. Um, I'm old. I, I don't know the YouTubers, so forgive me out there, our younger fans. She has over 3 million subscribers on her YouTube page, so good for Chloe. Wow. Um, and good for her for taking on just kind of an iconic song. I mean, Dreams is just a massive um, song, kind of gained new life a couple years ago with the, what was it on YouTube or TikTok with the skateboarder kind of singing the song, right? Um, mm, yeah. So that kind of won out. But um, yeah, she does a really good job of this. It's so distinct and obviously originally sung, you know, with a female voice. She brings her own voice. So there's a little bit of sameness there. But the thing I like is that she stays true to this song, not rushing anything. Right. And I mm -hmm. think that's kind of the neat thing about this song is that it's not in a hurry. And I think for a young person to take on a song like this and keep that pacing is really impressive. And so um, I, I liked her version, um, even though the original is not so hard rocking that that you could, you know, um, it, it's not a totally different song. You're going to recognize it, but I think she does a really good job of it. Is real music dying? What even is real music, and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician, and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird, and the deep questions, and we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer, or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in, and go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, I, I, love, I love how you describe that. Like, she doesn't rush it. Um, and so she does the original song um, justice in that way because it is really, I mean, it's an amazing song, right? And what's really even more impressive that I learned in, in learning about, in, like, researching this is that um, she did this in one go, um, Stevie Nicks. So this was her first shot at recording it. And then they never were able to re-record it and, like, get a better sound. 
So literally, like the first recording is the recording that then got pushed out into the world. Um, and their sound producer was saying that they re- they really tried to get another recording because apparently in the song, like the drums bleed into her voice a little bit at some point. And so they had to like futz with that to to fix that a bit. Um, but yeah, it's just amazing that she like sat down, kind of demoed the song. They were recording it, thankfully. And then that was the version that became the, you know, the real song <laughs> that we all know and love. That's incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. So I think for someone all those many years later who's so young to be listening to it and be influenced by it enough to, you know, want to record her own version, I think that's so cool and and very impressive. And I love how how music moves through generations like that. I think it's really powerful. Agreed, agreed. Now, now speaking of music moving through generations, I, I thought this next song was really impressive. Uh, the song is Orion, the original by Metallica, the remake, the acoustic version by Rodrigo y Gabriel. Gabriela. Yes. Excuse me. Gabriela. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. Like, so I got into Spanish guitar kind of by accident because of I watched the movie when I was younger, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I believe they were featured on this album. And then I went to a music festival where um, I can't remember if they were performing or another really famous uh, acoustic guitarist was. Um, and I just started listening to it and absolutely loving it. And so fast forward many years later, you know, I had an album of, of theirs, Rodrigo y Gabriela. And then in my research, realized that they did a cover of a Metallica song. So I had to throw this on here. It is amazing, right? Really long song from both of them. Um, you know, this is like old school Metallica. And as my friend said, like metal is really just distorted classical music. And I think this song really like showcases that because on guitar, it's <clears throat> because on guitar, it is just absolutely stunning. I mean, it's like a gorgeous song. You could follow it the whole way through. And then you listen to the metal version, the Metallica version, and it's like, right you get it like you understand how all of those instruments can come together and produce that same song so i really wanted again to showcase like the beauty of of rock and metal and like to show why i appreciate it so much because it really is it has like such a deep rooted history and in, in early origins of music yeah this was amazing because it's it's a seven minute guitar solo right like that's essentially what you're listening to here in both cases And I think unless you're a pretty big Metallica fan, you're not going to be so familiar with this that you'll listen to this acoustic version and just immediately know it, right? So what you have here is two just very distinct songs that are very listenable. And I think for a lot of people, they, they may not immediately make the connection that one is a cover of the other because it's so different. But you're right. I mean, the Spanish guitar was... I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, they're both incredible, right? Like just the right. the musicianship on both is is really impressive. But yeah, to take a song like that from Metallica and rework it with a Spanish guitar, I thought was so impressive. Like really, really good job. All right, last two picks here. Yours first. Uh, you went with Gangsta's Paradise. Of course, we all know the original by Coolio and the cover here by Kina Granis. Yeah, this is from the movie Dangerous Minds, which came which came out in the I think early to mid nineties. I remember going to see Dangerous Minds in the theater, and they gave out a cassette single of this song. Um, that is awesome! Yeah. Wow. So I still may have somewhere a, an original cassette single of Coolio's Gangster's Paradise. Um, of course, the song probably had you know has had more legs than the movie. Um, it still gets played today. 
I'm really impressed here that Keena Granis took this song and kind of reworked it the way she did and and turned it into you know this acoustic version. Uh, Keena Granis, someone I was not familiar with, but she's done a lot of different things in music, but kind of had her breakthrough in 2008. She won a Doritos contest for her music to be played during a commercial at the Super Bowl. So she kind of played, that was kind of That's her awesome. biggest, yeah, that was her first big breakthrough. And then she's done a ton of stuff there, both in uh, music and uh, and even some acting as well. Um, but the thing I think was really interesting is her voice has kind of an eerie quality to it, to where the way she kind of presents this, it's almost something that could be a little bit, a little bit scarier than, you know, the original version, which is just a tough song. So, so she really takes on, um, kind of still takes the, the, the right overtone to it, but, but it goes from kind of scary to kind of a different sort of, uh, kind of eerie sound. Yeah, you are exactly right. I couldn't really find those words to put it to, but that's exactly right. Like it, it does change the tone a little bit um, because the original is like a tough song. I, I had a remix of it that I would use in spin classes many years ago that was like a really good climb song. So it's like really heavyweight. You're out of the bike like you you're just feeling yourself, right? Like you are pushing hard and this song is like helping you do it. Um, but hers, yeah, is almost like unsettling in a way. And like you really are paying more attention to the lyrics, like you're understanding what he's talking about. Um, and that like, you know, as I read, like a gangster's paradise is like a sandcastle in a way. It's like, yes, you know, you've built a world of wealth and for yourself and all that kind of stuff, but it can all come crumbling down really, really fast. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting to spend some time with the lyrics uh, more than I ever had, because mostly I, I've just always loved the sound of the song. Um, and not pay too much attention to what he was singing about. So I really appreciated the cover by her, and I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I love that she brought like a different energy to these to these words. All right, let's bring it home. Um, you've got "Come as You Are," both the acoustic version and the original by Nirvana. Yeah, I had to include this incredibly famous example of like you know <laughs> rock um, going acoustic. Um, certainly I'm, I'm sure not the original, uh, you know, of a rock band doing this, but, um, probably one of the most famous versions of, you know, of a singer taking his songs that are so grungy and, and so distorted, um, down to bare bones, just the guitar and his voice. So it's, it's incredible. Like I, I became obsessed, you know, as I got older, I got way more interested in, in Nirvana and, and Kurt Cobain and, and really the sound production behind it and like what they were able to do. So they had originally thought that this was going to be their lead single because it was a little bit more um, crossover, like a little bit more accessible to, you know, listeners that weren't going to be into the grunge scene from Seattle. Um, but then Teen Spirit, you know, it smells like Teen Spirit just like took everyone by surprise and that became kind of the, the blow up single. But I think this is a really interesting song. I, I like I really like it as acoustic. Again, you know, we talk a lot about how it gives more power to the singer's voice. Here you really hear a lot of the pain and, and Kurt's voice coming through and, and what he's singing about and all the contradictions in this song and how it's almost like you're trying to be everything to everyone and every line, you know, is opposite the former line. So I think uh it has a lot of power as as an acoustic version. Totally agree. Yeah, this this I think it does highlight the lyrics much more and and the songwriting ability of Kurt Cobain here. So I think it's a good 
a good one. Yeah. When I told my wife we were doing another acoustic covers, she immediately brought up Nirvana. She's a huge Nirvana fan. So uh, I'm glad you included this one. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's just a really well done. um, And obviously it's their own song, but, but they change it enough. But what I thought was interesting listening to the acoustic version and then the original version was how much slower the acoustic version is than the original. And I don't consider the original to be a fast song, right? Right, So it's not even something where it's like this super speedy song in my head that is just so slowed down, which is the case in some of these acoustic versions, right? Here's one that I'm like, yeah, that that original doesn't move that fast. But then when you listen to these back to back, you'll, you'll hear how much they slow it down. And I think that's really impressive too, because how many times have they done this song? And, and the version you hear is live. And so that's the other part with all the adrenaline and everything from like performing live, instead of like playing faster, they're actually like dialing it back, which I think is also a really impressive skill. Yeah, that's a really good point. All right. Well, there you have it. It is volume two of our acoustic covers. It's a mega mix. So you're going to have 24 songs on this one, both the acoustic version and the original. Um, follow us with everything at Super Awesome Mix on Instagram. And um, of course, we got plenty of mixes out of us. So Samra and I will get to work on those. And for Samra, this is Matt, and we'll see you next time. Super Awesome Mix is brought to you by DLM. Make shopping easy with DLM, the one-stop shop for all your casual clothing needs. Shop DLMSupplyCo.com and enter the promo code AWESOME at checkout to save 15% off your first purchase. That's DLMSupplyCo.com.